So we're going to continue to unfold uh, the meditation instructions today and um, particularly look at this, look through this lens of uh, anatta yeah. or not self. And of having in the background the um, remembering yeah, that habitually, yeah, a habitual way of seeing, a habitual tendency yeah, is to take the body, to take the mind, yeah, to take experience to be who we are or to be ours, yeah, to belong to us. And most of the time that happens unconsciously. It happens without uh, a, a, uh, you know, an intention or a decision. You know, we don't kind of say, oh yes, I want, to, I want to own or to identify with this thought or with this mind state yeah. or with this thing. Yeah. Just happens unintentionally, unconsciously, without awareness. And what we've been exploring throughout the retreat, and we're continuing to explore today, is uh, that this is something that we can change, that we can play with. We can change the perspective, we can change the way of looking, we can kind of come up out out of our habitual tendencies, out of the habitual ways that we see ourselves and the world and the relationship between us to something different. And we can intentionally practice to drop that identification, to drop the identification with the body, to drop um, the identification with the mind, to drop the identification with things. And we can do that yeah. as a kind of ongoing practice, as on, an ongoing way of looking, we can do that in moments when we kind of identify, we notice, oh yes, now there's a sense of self. Yeah. I'm just um, saying uh, this morning to, to one of the managers, you know, didn't sleep well last night. And it's so interesting to see the impact that has. Yeah. So kind of sitting in the room, at my desk, as I do every morning, and the sound of, I don't know what it was this morning, a strimmer or a mower, some sound of an electric machine, and it's like, oh, it's so annoying, (laughs) so irritating, it's so disturbing. It's like, yesterday it didn't disturb me. So what's changed, you know? The identification with the tiredness, yeah? It's like we merge, we mesh, it's one thing, yeah? The state of tiredness becomes who I am, yeah? And that's a more irritable state of being, So that's what happens when we, yeah, when we look through our, what is called in the teachings, the habitual ignorance, yeah? But in that moment of seeing, so I'm already caught up, right? I'm I'm getting annoyed, I'm getting irritated, but in that moment of seeing, ah, isn't that interesting? (laughs) Why is it so annoying? Why? Because I'm caught up in this self-identification. 
Yeah? The tiredness has become who I am. The irritability has become the lens through which I view and relate to the world. Yeah? If I don't see it, I believe it. Yeah? And what will happen? <laughs> Just get more irritated. Yeah? Yeah, more dukkha. For me, more dukkha for others, because that irritation yeah, is at some point likely to land on someone else. Yeah? As we know, at least in my case. Yeah. So, you know, this is, the, we, we maybe can see with a small example, the freedom this brings, we learn to see this way, and it, it comes in, yeah, also spontaneously, yeah. I say, oh, I'm identified now in, in, a, in a particular way. Yeah, the sense of self is strong. Yeah. What's dukkha? What's the experience of irritation? <laughs> yeah. Ah. Don't take it so personally. Unhook. Yeah, we can start to do that. Yeah. And we can see this, what we're doing today, this practice, as a continuity of what we've already been doing. Right? We've kind of brought in the way of seeing things as a Nietzsche, yeah? which is going against the stream of our habit of seeing things as constant and fixed. Yeah? And permanent. Yeah, we've done that. We've brought in the way of looking of dukkha, of seeing, ah, oh, we put satisfaction or dissatisfaction. Yeah, we attribute them to things, but we can change that. Yeah, we can choose to see, ah, you do not contain satisfaction yeah, or dissatisfaction. Yeah, we could started to explore that and to taste the potential that's there, to taste the relief that is there. So hopefully we can have a sense of some, uh, definitely of some interest and also of some confidence, yeah, uh, built up through our own experience of, uh, it's possible, yeah, to change, yeah, these habitual ways uh, that we see the world. It's possible to change them in the moment, and our meditation practice is a great support for that. And so we can, we can see that this practice, this anatta practice, it builds on their Nietzsche and the Dukkha. Yeah? We can kind of see it as a building, a progression. Yeah? Why? Yeah. Because um, you know, we can see, ah, if it's changing, if it's a Nietzsche, you know, why take it to be self? Yeah. Or if it's unsatisfactory, why take it to be self? Why go there? Yeah. Why build up this whole process that we know brings dukkha, yeah, brings ill-being? Yeah, why do that? So we can kind of take heart, take courage, yeah, take encouragement from what we already know. And we can also see this, uh, this anatta way of looking potentially as a more direct yeah, approach. Yeah? So each of these approaches in a way can be more direct yeah, to the core of that building process. Yeah, sometimes we can see it like a, you know, a house of cards. Do you used to like doing that when you were a child? Yeah. 
or maybe not as a child. It's actually quite fun to still do, <laughs> really. Yeah, build a house of cards. Yeah, that all that delicacy of attention and precision, and then you just pull one out and all crumbles. So that's what we do with these ways of looking practices. That's what we're doing, um, and we can see this anatawan really penetrating into that construction. Not identifying with phenomena, not identifying with self, not identifying with ownership, and also not giving a fixed identity to something else. Yeah, it's it's all part of the same um, process. And as we've been saying, you know, quite a few times, yeah, we see it's all one process. Yeah, when we look at things and see they're in constant, when we bring in uh, the Nietzsche way of looking, yeah. And we see that's unsatisfactory, right? If it's coming and going, it cannot give us lasting satisfaction. Yeah? And then that grip loosens. And then we notice what loosens with that grip, with that clenched fist, that whole build-up. sense of self also loosens. Yeah, becomes more light, becomes more, uh, sometimes I, I, I feel it as like more porous. You know, it's got more air <laughs> in it. It's less dense. Yeah, we can experience it in different ways. And that actually feels good. Yeah? And it's important that we um, can take time to feel that. Oh, yeah, that actually feels better. Yeah? It's a better way of being. It's a more uh, wholesome way of being. So we see that lessening of identification through the Anicca lens, through the Dukkha lens. And now we just go directly to the Anatta. And that thing that, again, we've said many, many times, that mutual dependency between, yeah, between the demand, between the contraction, between the dukkha, yeah, the push-pull, and the self-sense. Yeah? Dependent on each other, mutually arising, arising together. Yeah? So we take one out, they all go down. We take one down, they all go down. And uh, the game today is to play with taking out the sense of self card or, or playing with its uh, intensity. And so remi- remembering again, yeah, I said it yesterday, but I can't say these things enough. Yeah? Also to myself, I'm not just saying it to you. <laughs> can't say this enough, rem- remind ourselves enough. Yeah? The sense of self is a spectrum. Yeah? From very light very mild, very porous, very airy, yeah? very soft, very wide, yeah? to very dense, very gross, very intense. Yeah? It moves along that spectrum and it, it can be pretty interesting and fascinating to get to know well, that's, what we f- that's what it feels like. And that really allows the, the recognition. Yeah? <laughs> if I go back to that example from this morning and the noise, it's like suddenly feeling the denseness, you know, that noise is hitting up against something quite dense, and that's a very (coughs) sense of self, yeah, me, mine, my quiet, (laughs) it's wonderful with sounds because they, they really challenge our boundaries, right, they really challenge our boundaries. I'm going to go on a little tangent here, I can't resist, 
um, during the first 14 months of the pandemic, some of you know this, um, Nathan and I, we had come to Israel for a six-week visit. We ended up staying 60 weeks, so 14 months, um, living with my mother. And uh, she lives uh, kind of a, in, in greater Tel Aviv, let's say. Tel Aviv is a huge urban sprawl. Concrete, 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 buildings, buildings, buildings. She lives somewhere on the fringe of that. Uh, so really urban environment. And so, so much, even on the 10th floor, where she has so much noise. Yeah, cars, um, garden equipment, all of that. Uh, my favorite, the uh, rubbish trucks at 5 a.m. <laughs> very, very loud, very, very loud. And, uh, and, and just playing with that, yeah? So even in kind of sleep, right, 5 a.m., even in sleep or on the edge of sleep, that sound, feeling that impact, yeah, on the sense of self, you're, you're waking me up, you're coming into my sleep and playing with that perception, yeah, which we can do, yeah, and shifting it. And my game was gratitude, yeah to these people coming at 5 a.m. to collect my rubbish, yeah? What a thing to be doing, yeah, in service of society, yeah? What a thing to be doing in service of society and for myself. And we can do that, yeah, when we understand that we can shift that sense of self, yeah? It moves along a spectrum, we can play with it, yeah? We can play with it, we can move it. And when we're open to things like gratitude, that sense of boundary, you know, what's mine, what isn't mine? From you're disturbing me to actually I'm really grateful for what you're doing for me and for others. Yeah. Yeah, I've ever been anywhere where there's been a strike of the refuse, rubbish, recycling collectors. You know how quickly yeah, the environment becomes very unpleasant. Yeah. And so what a service. So we can shift that kind of... Uh, those boundaries. Yeah. So half a tangent uh, <laughs> went off, but hopefully it made sense in the contents of the of the teachings this morning. Yeah. So we're going straight with the with the Anatta practice, going as much as we can directly to that that dial of the sense of self. Yeah, going directly to that, playing with that, <coughs> playing with that, um, releasing. Yeah, releasing the attachment, releasing the contraction, releasing the demand on experience, releasing the dukkha as, as we do so. Yeah. And as always, I'm saying this, and I'm saying it in a very kind of uh, assertive way, <laughs> as if this is the practice you're going to do today. You don't have to. Yeah. I hope that's already clear, but I'm going to say you don't have to do this practice today if it feels either you've got enough yeah already or there's something that's very interesting rich kind of you're you're in the zone with something or this is what you want to ex keep exploring just that's fine yeah really give yourself permission to do that so as on previous days listen you know as openly as you can hear it take it or not yeah for today it's going to be available uh, for you in the future.
So a few ways of um, playing with this. Just checking how much more I have to say. <laughs> I can see what to edit. Um, yeah, so we can, we can see that, um, you know, one thing that's interesting for us with this practice is it reveals how quickly we take ownership of things. Yeah, and I said that yesterday with that example of the, the food. Yeah, the food in the pot, the food on the plate, when, it, when does it become mine? Yeah, the sound outside, the sound inside. <laughs> when, when does it become kind of my thing to, to wrestle with? Yeah. Um, my space in the hall, yeah. How quickly did it come my space, yeah. I can see all, this, all these ways when we kind of take ownership very, very quickly and it's really helpful to bring humor to it, <laughs> To see it and to see it with compassion, with kindness and with humor. This is a human tendency, yeah, and it's very strong. And we learn to see it in ourselves gives us understanding of how we operate as individuals, in relationships, and as societies. Yeah? And it can be quite painful to see, but it's a real place to bring compassion, to bring wisdom, and to bring perhaps a sense of um, commitment. Yeah? The work that we're doing with ourselves here, it teaches us and it also enables us to change things in the world. Yeah? And we can meet this in ourselves and we can change this in ourselves the way we appropriate, we take ownership so quickly. And we can also see that playing, loosening that sense of ownership, we can see what that does. Yeah? It both um, kind of harmonizes our way of seeing with actually reality, <laughs> we can say. Yeah? It's something that is perhaps something that we know. You know? Like everything we have yeah. You know, to what degree is it ours? You know, we can really question that. You know, I'm wearing this top, you know, and someone grew the the wool it's made of, you know, an animal not out of its own choice gave gave the wool, yeah. Someone made it, designed it. Yeah moved it from one place to the other. And it's almost like sometimes I can say, so what if I paid for it, you know? It's just, that's just one part of that whole process. And can we see that? And what happens when we kind of look at life, look at what we have, look at our food, look at our clothing, yeah? look at our homes that we have and see it as something that's been given to us or something that's been, that's been shared with us. Or sometimes we say something that's been, you know, it's borrowed. Yeah. And what happens to our sense of uh, joy, gratitude, appreciation with that way of looking? Really interesting to, to explore that. And again, really not from a sense of I should be seeing it this way, but from an interest of what happens when we look that way? What happens when we look that way? So we already have quite a few ways of looking in our, our toolbox, yeah, or tool belt. I like to imagine it like a tool belt that we're wearing all the time. I've always wanted to have one of those. 
I'm hopeless with tools, but uh, you know, one of those people that try and hammer a nail and end up hammering each of my fingers. But um, anyway, that was a sense of self. Did you see? I'm like this. Yeah. Um, so we have this tool belt, and it's quite a few things in it already. Yeah, there's the way of looking of Vedana, there's Anicca, there's Dukkha. Um, and today we're adding anatta. Uh, there's metta, of course, yeah, also a way of looking. And uh, it can be helpful to actually see them as distinct, yeah, because they each have a different flavor and they can open up different insights for us. So I'm just saying that um, with keeping the space for individuality <laughs> yeah, in your own practice, but it can be really helpful to be distinct and clear about which way of looking we're practicing at a time. Yeah? Something that we might notice that could happen is if we're having uh, particularly unpleasant experiences, we kind of start kind of throwing the different ways of looking at them. <laughs> like, oh, I'll try this, I'll try this, I'll try this. And, you know, there's beauty there, there's creativity there, but often it just, that kind of tends to lean us towards aversion. Yeah, we're trying to get rid of, we're trying to change. Yeah, by, so that can be just something to notice that we're doing. And just be clear, okay, what happens if I slow down? Usually I would say amp up the meta quality, the kindness. Yeah, bring that up into the practice. And I just keep applying the way of looking that I'm practicing with. Yeah, seeing what that does. Yeah. Gently, gradually, open-handedly. Yeah, hand is open, not demanding for a particular experience. And yeah, and with that, again, emphasizing, you know, this way of looking, seeing things as empty of self. I haven't used that phrase, but I'll just pop it in. Yeah, anatta, empty of being a separate, independent, yeah, self-existing self. Um, it's again, it's not a, it's not a negation of our experience. Yeah, really important. It's not about kind of painting our experience in a negative light. Yeah, it's an exploration. It's an inquiry. We're, we're wanting to see what happens when we look this way. What is revealed? Yeah. And actually, when we practice, we see it actually brings more intimacy, more closeness, more uh, sense of beauty, perhaps, we can do. And of course, less problem, seeing things as less problematic. And we keep going with this sense that we've had also in the Anicca and the Dukkha practices of, you know, you're welcome to be, yeah, you're welcome to arise, you're welcome to be, you're welcome to go in your time, yeah, or to change in your time, not demanding from the experience to do something particular. So like with the Anicca and Dukkha practices, uh, we can use a light noting to support the, the practice and uh, it might be anatta, the Pali for not-self, if, if you like Pali. Uh, and it might be the kind of traditional phrase that the Buddha used a lot, not me, not mine, not myself. I love that. If you like that, you can use that, or even just one of those. 
You can, of course, use something in Finnish or any other language, Swedish, Russian, yeah, whatever language that is relevant for you. So it's just a very, like with the Anicca, like with the Dukkha, very light noting to just kind of, it, it like keeps us in touch with our intention, yeah, with the way of looking. That's what it's doing, reminding us. Yeah, if we're using that, the word is reminding us this is our intention, this is the way of looking that we're using. And sometimes the not me, not mine can feel uh, too much in some way or not precise. So we can do that little adjustment uh, of saying not just me, not just mine. Yeah, we're opening out the lens. Yeah, like I was giving this example with the body, remembering ah, it's not, not, not only me, not only this consciousness that inhabits this particular body, there's other forms of life inhabiting this body. So this body, if I look at this body, it's not just me and it's not just mine. Sometimes that can be uh, helpful for some of us as a way of just kind of lightening, lightening that, that sense. And the last thing uh, I want to say before we practice is to emphasize metta again. Emphasize metta. Metta both as the atmosphere in which we do the practice. This atmosphere of kindness that is holding the practice. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? For our own well-being, for the well-being of others, for the well-being of all. That's, that's why we're doing this, right? That's why we're here. And we're remembering that, letting that infuse, letting that hold the practice, support the practice. Mm-hmm. Having that meta intention as the foundation and coming back to it as much as we need to. And like with the other practices, we balance yeah, the way of looking, the insight way of looking practice, in this case the anatta, or if you're doing the other ones, you can do any of the other ones, with, you know, 50% of the time, either metta or samadhi, to support the atmosphere in which the practice is unfolding. And if a sense of fear arises, if a sense of um, unease arises, which it can sometimes, that's a good place to bring the metta or the samadhi. Yeah? Breathing softly, breathing in a comforting way, or directing the metta towards ourselves um, or towards another if that's easier. Yeah? Yeah, so we've got that agency, we've got that um, possibility to, to bring in what's useful, what's helpful uh, at any time. And yeah. Hopefully, we're getting this sense, but I just want to say it really clearly. Sometimes seeing not self, yeah, even that language of the negation, <laughs> can feel like it has 
some degree of rejection in it. Yeah? And that may creep in or it may be really apparent to us already. Yeah? And just remembering again and again, this is not a cold-hearted practice. It's not cold-hearted. It's not a rejection. It's actually an expression and an extension of metta, of compassion, of joy, of equanimity. If we think about these practices, where do they take us? (laughs) What happens to our self-sense when we really go into any of these? It expands. It becomes light. It becomes porous. Very much not limited yeah, to this one being. Yeah. So we can see, ah, this is an extension. This is an expression uh, of metta, of compassion, of joy. Yeah. Definitely not the opposite. Yeah. Okay, a lot of words. Thankfully, time for some practice. So let's let's take a moment to to feel with kindness into the body, to feel what would be the appropriate posture for us. to find our posture and to settle into our posture. Making any adjustments that are needed. body is as stable, steady, balanced as possible. Taking a few moments to gather, collect and settle the awareness in the body. In any way that's helpful for you, contact areas, breath.
the awareness gathered in the body and then gently also opening and softening through the body. Filling up the whole space of the body. Having a sense of the whole body, whole body here, awareness filling the whole space of the body. going to take a few moments to contemplate this body, staying in touch with the awareness of the body as we do this. This body nourished by food and water. Water and food, not mine, not me. This body constantly changing, cells being created and cells dying away. Not me. Not mine. The body constantly in process, growing, breathing, healing, aging. Digesting. All of this, not me. And not mine.
the body also aging and in its process of change shedding hair skin nails one day this body will die it will break apart and become nutrients for other forms of life holding this body in compassion and care can we see This is not me, not mine. The totality of the body arising Created, dependent on causes and conditions that are changing and moving through. Not me. Not mine. In the same way, particular sensations in the body are arising dependent on conditions, not in my control, not of my creation. Not me, not mine. Can we respond and care for the body and its sensations without ownership and identification? What happens when we look at the totality of the body or at a particular sensation in the body and see it as not me, not mine. Let's explore this in silence for a few minutes just to see for yourself either staying with the whole body as we just did we're letting a particular sensations of or area in the body be held in awareness. Dropping in the insight. This is not me. This is not mine. 
This is not myself. How does seeing the body and its sensations as not me, not mine, how does that impact experience?
feeling the sensations of the breath and remembering gently not me not mine feeling the air or the temperature on the skin and remembering gently not me not mine turning to see the Vedana of a particular sensation in the breath or in the skin the contact, the temperature opening to the Vedana and seeing that Vedana too as not me not mine seeing if we can open to the hearing now through the body feeling the ears not me not mine the sounds arising and vibrating in the ear not me not mine a sound received in consciousness in awareness not me not mine the capacity the ability to hear to know sounds not me not mine So taking a few minutes with the sound or the breath or the body, continuing in this way. Not me, not mine, not myself.
receiving in awareness the breath or the sound. Not me. Not mine. Knowing the Vedana of the breath sensation or the sound. The Vedana too, not me. Not mine. The perception of the breath or of the sound. Not me. Not mine. And the knowing of the breath or of the sound. Not me. Not mine. Notice how any release of identification affects the sense of self, affects the sense of well-being. There's any peace, well-being, spaciousness that arises with the practice. Let yourself enjoy it, open to it, appreciate it, and absorb in it. Over and over again. The beauty and release of not me. Not mine. not myself. So we can bring this practice to different aspects of our experience. In order to keep it simple, uh, we were doing a couple of things in the practice now. I'll just repeat them so that we can kind of have them in mind um, for the day. We can practice with the whole body. And if you remember the aggregates, the heaps of heaps, that's the first aggregate, the aggregate of the body. And practice, it, practice as we did in the beginning, the sense of the whole body and then kind of the sense of this flow, 
yeah, our phenomena making up the body yeah, and the flow of the body being created and kind of then conditioning other things. Yeah? So we can do that. Yeah? That's one way. Uh, we can also um, bring attention to a particular sense door. And we did that both through the body and with sound yeah? in the guided meditation, two of the sense doors. And there, we, if we like, uh, we can just stay with that, just the not me, not mine, with the sensations of the breath or of the body or of the hearing. Or we can also look at the different aspects that make it up. Yeah? So there's the sensation of the breath. Yeah? There's the Vedana of the breath. Right? There's the perception of the breath. Yeah, the kind of that pulling out of the breath out of all of the stimulation that's available to us, that particular yeah, perception. And there's the knowing of the breath. Yeah? So we can kind of play with, with that kind of uh, process and seeing all of those as not me, not mine. So see what um, feels helpful for you with that. And we can, of course, if we like, also work with other sense doors, yeah, with the taste, with the smell, yeah, with the seeing. Yeah, we can open uh, to other sense doors. And we can also bring the, the full range of the, the five aggregates, and that's pretty sure that's on the on the sheet that we put up uh, this morning on this practice uh, yeah so you can also work with them I'll just say this but we at the end of the meditation we open to any well-being or peacefulness that comes into the practice I think I can't emphasize enough how important it is to stay with that yeah when that arises it's a real way of um, digesting the insight yeah, staying with the well-being. But at some point, we can also turn towards the, that well-being with that way of looking of not me, not mine. Yeah. Just like uh, we can turn to it with a sense of unsatisfactory yeah, or Nietzsche. Yeah. And see what happens there as well. Yeah. So, and kind of ultimately, or over time, we're developing the interest and the capacity to bring this way of looking to all aspects um, of, of our experience. And we can, of course, bring this uh, way of looking also into the walking. Yeah. Into the walking. So, um, one way of doing it can be really interesting in walking or movement is to actually see how the movement comes together. Yeah. So, we have that sense of a step, yeah, a step, it's a thing, right, or the ground, yeah, yeah, has a thingness to it, and we can just bring in the lens, yeah, with that, of just seeing, ah, what makes up a step, yeah, all the conditions, all the um, aspects that create a step, or all the things that make up the ground, yeah, the color, the texture, yeah, the earth, the stones, the plants, yeah, or our path. A path is a great one. Yeah. How is a path made? By walking it, <laughs> right? 
So we can see that, we can feel ourselves also um, taking part of that. And we can practice like we did in the sitting now also, yeah, with one of the sense doors as we're walking. Yeah. A step, not me, not mine. A breath, not me, not mine. The body moving, not me, not mine. We don't need to catch every little bit. <laughs> just like kind of do the pacing that works for us. Uh, same with the sound. Yeah. So hopefully we can feel there's a lot of, of richness uh, in the practice. And equally, you want to work with something else, you're welcome to. Yeah. No, no pressure, no expectation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.